0: Ones that that don't respect the rights of women at all. Are you married? Uh, No, no.
1: But we all want to have sex with our mother, as Ford would say.
0: Oh my God, can we make that
2: a clip? Yeah. (laughs) Where the hell did that come from? (laughs) That's that's much better than what I was just saying about the kids. (laughs) Okay, Michael Malice goes on Lex Friedman. And his podcast, by the way, it was referenced on the Joe Rogan experience uh, with Dave. Like, hey, you need to go and with Lex. Lex is, uh, I don't know, Ukrainian or Russian. Malice has been on there several times. He's real big into AI and he's got a real interesting podcast. uh, Very well produced. And he brings on Yarnbrook, who has been on there, I think, before. Yarnbrook is, I think, the head of the Ayn Rand Institute. I think he's Israeli. Uh, And then Michael Malice, that's evidently not his real name. We know him. He's you don't know Malice, and he did a lot about him. Big into Ayn Rand. He's, he knows that uh, objectivist philosophy very well, all the books. Uh, but I don't think he takes on such as, you know, Yarn Brookwood here or Rucka Rucka Ali. You know, they've had discussions. And I think um, actually Malice is going to have on a show on Tuesday. Uh, uh, Mark Pellegrino, I think his name is. He's an actor. He's big into uh, objectivism as well. So, they're both on here. The brain material in this show is phenomenal. The conversations are phenomenal. And we'll go over some of the topics they do. But I thought that one of the big things is because they do a lot of um what do you say? A lot of discussion. But one of the things that they do in there is actually they do a discussion about uh anarchy and do a, a little bit of a a debate, I guess you would is probably how you said. So let's start off with this is anarchy debate getting Euron off his game.
0: Okay, I don't think Rothbard was the only one. Correct, Roy Charles uh, as well, yeah. right. Yeah, Roy Charles certainly did. And she rejected them and she rejected them because she had, and, and whether you agree with her or not, she had a, a thought out position about why you needed to have this particular structure in place so that markets and human freedom could but exist. It, it's
3: just really interesting because this is the one time in my view, and please correct me if I'm wrong, where she invokes need as kind of a basis for political activity. So if let's suppose you want yeah. this federal government, whatever you want. Yeah. You, you don't want it like it is now, but like your version of the, of the yeah. government. I don't see why it's an issue for you, for me and Lex to say, we're not privy to Washington. We're going to do our own thing. And given if we go about our lives, not initiating force and being productive actors, why she would have an issue with this. Why would I care? Well, you would care because if you're saying the government has a monopoly on force between these two oceans... so You can, at, you can do I'll that finish, as long as you don't violate somebody else's rights. Sure, but what I'm saying is we just declare ourselves <laughs> sovereign. We're not going to pay any income taxes. We're going to be peaceful people. We're going to... And, and when Lex and I have disputes, we're going to call Joe. That's Joe Rogan. You're never going to get to meet him, but he's a good guy. I know. <laughs> we're going to call Joe, and Joe's going to resolve it between he's us. He's so good at,
0: at like... You know, needling and and getting you off topic this. that it's, way. It's, it's really he's really effective at it.
2: By the way, that <laughs> he's um, Muhammad look, Ali and I, Joe. Frazier. I I always say there you go. I forgot to get the last part. Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier. Uh yes. So, and by the way, that that whole concept right there reminded me of the debate. Um, I'm trying to remember uh, the, the the Soho Forum where they had a discussion about. Um, was it Leon? Was it Wolf and uh, Rich and, and Epstein? Um, I don't remember. L- l- anyway, the, the idea of you can have your own community under under communism, you can't. You can't, have, but under anarchy, you can actually have all these other situations where you can have your communist situation alongside the other. You just can't, you know, infringe on you. Okay, um, this is uh, continuing on with this debate. So, can
1: I ask you a question? Under anarchism, yeah, I always w- what <laughs> ki- what kind of systems of laws do you think will emerge? Do you think we'll have basically a similar kind of layer of yeah, universal I, yeah, law I mean, to, to where like... Let me know, answer this. This is a great
3: question. I know you're going with this. Uh, this is often presented as a criticism of anarchism. And this is actually something I think Yaron would, would agree with as well in other contexts, which is this. One of the reasons communism can't work, central planning can't work, and this was one of Mises' great innovations is, if I could sit down, it's like asking, what would the fashion industry look like if the government didn't run it. There's no way for me to know. What the fashion industry is, which all of us are in favor of it being free, is literally millions of designers, of seamstresses, of uh, uh, people who make the fabric. Also references throughout history and these creative artistic minds putting things together in every year, and and there's no shortage of clothes. In fact, we make so many clothes that we send them in landfill sizes to overseas poor mm-hmm. countries. And you have people in these destitute countries wearing like Adidas shirts. They don't, can't even read English, but because we don't know what to do with all well, these clothes. Th- that's how the glory of free enterprise is. The problem is you, it, it, problem uses loosely, it's everything comes cheap and overabundant. It's it like it, food, you know. Well, it doesn't uh, actually come overabundant. But it's uh, sh- done properly, it's, sure,
0: it's the that's fair.
3: Supply meets demand. The, sure, that's yeah. fair. But what I'm saying is like if 150 years ago you said, you know, one day we're gonna have an issue where there's gonna be so much food and, and Obesity, that, the, yeah. that the kids are too fat, it's just gonna be like I, I too fat. Like I have four who are dead in the crib. I wish. I mean, what kind of fan is what kind of uh, paradise is this? So what you would have. We have this right now in certain senses, You have the Hasidim, you have Sharia, you have different, comp- you have, uh, uh, I'm sure in the medical system, they have their own kind of private courts and court-martials is another example of this, although obviously that's through the state. So you would have uh, innovation in law under markets just the same ways you'd have it and and, and we have this already maybe it's not Yaron doesn't like it in terms of like murder and rape and I can understand why but in terms of like business and interactions he would have no problem with different arbitration firms mm-hmm. having different rules for like what kind of evidence is allowed maybe you only have 60 days to make your case and so on and so forth and the market is a process of creative innovation and it would be dynamic it I would mean, be changing so time. what's interesting, what's say,
0: interesting yeah. relating to this is that one of the ways Ayn Rand proposed raising revenue for the government because she was against uh, was, let's say we have a contract. We could just have it arbitrated without government interfering. But if we wanted to access the courts of the government as a final authority, we would pay. And that's how governments would raise some of the funds, would be raised that way. So there's definitely a, 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 a value to having this innovation and the public space. But I don't believe that is the case with murder. I don't believe that is the case with violent crime. And and it's funny you bring up Sharia because David Friedman when he gives when he gives uh...
2: wait I got to ask you to clarify. I'm not trying to interrupt yeah. you. You were talking I, about I'm... with murder. I'll oh, pause there on that one. Yeah, obviously. All right check the show <laughs> keep watching uh we're going to play some more clips here uh continuing on uh mal th- th- look i just want to say to you malice kind of got to it but he, he kind of skirted and maybe he got a little distracted talking about Mises and the, the clothing industry it's called the social calcul- socialism calculation or calculate uh social calculation which is Mises discussed about these countries that are essentially planned you know the ussr as an example uh not being able to actually have proper price structures to be able to um you know build build buildings, you know, the What's the price of these? I mean, there's the famous old thing where the uh, Soviet Union used to buy the JCPenney's catalog to see what prices <laughs> were or that what they were being presented at rather than the market determining those. So the idea of the socialist calculation is that uh, the Soviet Union and, and these countries are going to essentially fail without some sort of free market there to be able to dictate prices. Otherwise, you're going to use the most expensive materials maybe for a bridge because uh, your your idea is not cost, you know, balancing those two things out. Uh, whether that's where Malice meant to go uh, not quite sure either way I think it, it per- plays a part in that okay let's keep going here with the uh, conversation and this is uh, the Somalian myth I think and it's that's great. that's
0: what the well, that's what I think the uh, proper government provides
2: um, but
0: uh, so David Friedman uses in in some of his talks about private law he uses he, uh, he uses uh, Sharia law in Somalia as an example look legal legal systems evolve privately independent yeah authoritarian ones, ones that, that don't respect the rights of women at all.
1: Are you married? Uh, No, no. But we all want to have sex with our mother, as Freud would say.
0: Oh, my God. Can we make that a clip?
1: Yep.
3: <laughs> where the hell did that come from? <laughs> that's, that's much better than what I was just
2: saying about the kids. <laughs>
1: I appreciate okay. that. Okay, so we went in a voluntary way. Okay, almost-
2: uh, I thought that was... A <laughs> where, I don't know where Lex pulls that one out, but uh, brilliant timing. Or maybe he had just been, you know three and a half hours in there and uh, had a little bit too much. Now, look, I'm gonna show you, Malice continually sets up and uh, I don't know, harasses, but nails uh, Euron Brook on a lot of things. He knows his objectivism, so he's able to use that. And then he, in his debate here, um, he does a little bit of a setup. And once again, he talks to the right from the right or the left from the left. In this case, he talks to the objectivist from the objectivist point of view. Uh, when they're discussing anarchy now look we're going to go through a few of the other topics here but i thought that this discussion which was one of the the biggest ones of, of the whole thing was the most important and so it was uh one we're going to give the most shrift to here okay
1: actually what is it the most moral system the most effective system for sure, human that. relationships
3: there's this great book called atlas shrugged and the Author posits an anarchist private society. She calls it Galt's Gulch, where everything is privately owned and everyone is no one is in a position of authority over anyone else other than the landowner. That's an anarchist society. There is one judge, yeah, and one authority, yeah, and that's so what everyone. Hold on, and that's what everyone. Rules. And that's what everyone has voluntarily moved there and agreed to be under. Well, it's a very it, small community, right? sure. Th- that is right. So I have no problem with competing governments. That's Islam, the definition is, of anarchism.
0: Uh, 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 what's that?
3: That's the definition of anarchism. Case closed. Okay, end no, no, the show. No, no, no. End the show. I got him. I got him over. <laughs> not not definition of not definition of anarchy <laughs> at all. I'm, I'm all for competing governments. Get more cookies. Good job. <laughs> he did it. He did it. Yeah, you're wrong. You brought him over. Red uh, robot. More him
0: Lithuanian. Over.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is this class? That's Lithuanian.
0: Now? That's my
2: people.
1: Tulskie, Yasnaya Poliana, Medom, honey. honey. No claims of health or nutrition.
2: <laughs> okay. So this this is a, a fantastic four hour show, four and a half hour show where they came out. Now, look, malice is trying to argue for the anarchy, which, by the way, the definition is just no rulers. It doesn't mean no laws. You can still have laws. You can have you know a hierarchy, um, but you just don't have rulers, and that's the it's been taken out of context or used in the way of just it's chaos, right? It's kind of the the, the idea of the same thing. And I think Jan Brook actually makes the mistake here, and he knows better, uh, but he makes that mistake of trying, no, that's not what it is. It's the voluntary interactions and malice continually gets him here. Now look, he started off with showing Galt's Gulch. And as soon as I heard that, and if you haven't read Atlas Shrugged, go read it. It's basically they create their own community, blah, blah, blah. And malice uses that as an example of anarchy, which is <laughs> very difficult when you're an objectivist and the head of the Ayn Rand Institute to uh, argue against that. but. He he tries to say, oh, but they have this one judge, but I don't know that the is the judge private. I mean, is it a government? What is that setup to the next situation where malice? Uh, I guess you'd say first of all, he gets the setup, and now he's going to give the punch. And let's play the punch. Um, this is an example
0: I gave uh, debating another anarchist.
3: So, who was it? She <sighs> must have sucked.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, well, they you were the they best. They were Hoppe, Hoppe fans. Oh, okay. Uh, like Hoppe Hans fans. Hermann Not Hoppe. One of my least, like, uh, the people I like the least um, in the world out
3: there. Uh, you don't, You like them better than the communists, don't you?
2: Barely. Oh, come on. Seriously. And now for a little bit of context. uh Michael Malice has interviewed Hans Hermann Hoppe twice, and I think both times he took a phone call <laughs> during the interview. But um, so Malice is somewhat of a fan of Hans Hermann Hoppe. And so to hear Jarn Brook there, Malice doesn't give that away, but I think that's an interesting concept.
0: Yes, because I think it leads to the same place. I really do. I think it leads to gulags. Fine. I think anarchy uh, leads on. to gulags, I, I, and I think Hoppe's view of anarchy definitely leads to gulags.
3: I'll, I'll grant you, just for the sake of argument, yeah. that it leads to gulags. Yeah. However, surely you concede that they are against gulags, whereas the commies have no problem with it, and that's yeah. a big. Argument. I think some do. I'm not okay. sure. Oh, I'm not sure people that's, like they do
0: because if you if you read if you read some of his stuff. One wonders, right? Uh, you know, but wants yeah. monarchies and he wants once uh, uh, No, he said he, monarchies this... are preferable
3: to democracy, yeah, well, which is no. true. No, it's not. Oh
0: God! I mean, one of the problems with anarchists is one judge. That's the monarch. A, one of the problems. Yeah, <laughs> one judge, one authority. This yeah, is why I think, That's why I think authoritarian. So you're a know, authoritarians.
3: so authoritarian. Um, so Yaron Brooks a hopian. Uh, no, I'm Get not. the chopper. I don't want
0: one judge.
2: I don't want a, an arbitrary judge. I want an objective judge. There's an essay by John. And then they go into more philosophy. But I mean, come on, let's, 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 bask in the glory of the one judge. And then Malice looking at the camera, doing the kind of the, the fourth wall there of like looking at it and, like, I know what I just did. Starts off with anarchy is like galt's gulch. Uh, it says um and then yarn brooks objects no 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 cuz they have one judge and then <laughs> he brings it back here to the monarchy and the one judge uh puts him in an untenable situation i think and brilliantly done michael Malice, as always nailed it from there okay uh let's go through just they and by the way lex check out his podcast he's he's had um uh, gentleman from tesla on there the guy that did a uh, 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 Beterin that did uh, Ethereum. Um, it's He's got a bunch of big minds because he is a big mind himself. And so when he has some of these people on, it's pretty fascinating. But one of my favorite parts is to have him uh, with malice. And in that sense, uh, you know, just kind of the jovial. I mean, he always talks to him like a, he's a robot. But uh, we'll go through some of the things. And you start off with all of these on uh, saying, hey, if we're on a desert island, um, who would, would we be able to, to you know, Handle each other, not, and then they um, will just click through some of these and hit some of these topics that they do. To Misogynist, communist. So, so I think
0: we go wrong when people try to understand the world around them and come up with wrong ideas, and and it it's 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 natural that they would come up with wrong ideas because it's hard to figure out what's right. So we start with trying to come up with mystical explanations for the for the for the existence of the things around us. Uh, and that I think very quickly leads to some people being able to communicate with the mystical stuff out there and some people not being able to elves. communicate and some people wanting to control other people and using those pseudo explanations as a way to control. So you always have, uh, Rand called it, Attila and the witch doctor. You always have a witch doctor, the mystic, <laughs> the 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 philosopher, the, the intellectual, yep. the philosopher, you know, king is a, a unity of the and you have an Attila. You have somebody who wants to control other people, who's willing to use force to control other people. And when those two get together, that's when things go bad. And unfortunately, 95, 98% of human history is when those two are together. And uh, and and so the 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 not having them together, having the right ideas, and the right ideas are ones that are not exclusive to those guys, and where we don't allow it.
2: I just have to pause here real quick because uh, if you listen to Yarn, you know he's he's right on so many different topics: communism, fascism, and by the way, he equates those two, and another the there's just a little grapple in there, uh, and. He's got a few other things that he can't deviate from because of his objectivism, you know, selfishness and humility, and they talk about that. But notice he's talking about the ills of doing things by forcing others into that. Yet he <laughs> he wants to make sure that you still have some government. So he still is because because he can't handle anarchy. Anarchy, he says, leads to full on gulags, where malice is like no, it's total freedom. So he wants he wants a minimal state up right up until the point where he still's got to force you if you want an ultra minimal none he still is going to force you and and force those because your ideas aren't quite right in a sense. And and look, for the most part, he's got the right ideas, although I must say this, and we'll go through some of these other topics. um, One of the issues he's very hostile towards is uh, religion. And I believe his idea of religion and and the way he's hostile to it uh, just doesn't quite work out. And that's one of the problems I had with the overt uh, negative aspects in the uh, Ayn Rand and, and Atlas Shrugged, which for me, I'm like, I could take all this. But as we talked about with Pete Quinones last time and take a look at that, his view is if you're a Christian or a religious person, you should be more on the anarchy side rather than the control side implemented here's wait, can kant. I ask a question
3: yeah because i i think i know more about rand than yaron does so let's
2: oh, see oh okay. yeah. has been thrown
3: down who who did ayn rand say is the most evil man who ever lived immanuel kant that's right correct no okay. that i know i mean okay. yeah,
0: so <laughs> it's a it's a big deal that immanuel kant is and, and most people don't understand why because if you read Kant, there's certain passages in Kant that sound pretty liberal. They sound pretty, he's, he's for the individual. It sounds like he's for the individual. He sounds like he's for the American Revolution, yep. Yep. things like that. But when you when you actually read his philosophy and what he's trying to defend and what he's trying to undermine, yep. he's trying to undermine the foundations that make the revolution possible, that make freedom and individualism possible. He's trying to destroy the Enlightenment. And the Enlightenment is are those ideas that make freedom individualism uh feasible he's trying to undermine reason and without reason w- we're nothing we're, we're, we're not we can't survive as a species
2: so and that- okay we'll, we'll let you go on to that a fascinating conversation about emmanuel kant to talk about daniel H- donald hoffman i didn't know who he was neither did uh, malice dmt taking dmt and being able to see elves that was uh fascinating let's click on him and, and
0: it's not even it's not even some of this is just the sciences and the math think about the philosophy I mean, how much is there to learn from reading Aristotle or oh, Plato or Socrates when you disagree with them? I mean, how many giants have there been in all of human history that have had the minds of a Socrates, a Plato, and an Aristotle? Uh, a thousand years where they look back at Plato and Aristotle and admire them? Absolutely. Well, they find certain things that are wrong, yes, but certain things that Aristotle discovered are absolutely right and will always be right. Certain things that Ayn Rand discovered will always be right. I think a lot of what she came up with will some things be discovered to be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, that wouldn't shock me. But the, the genius and the, and the, and the, the truth of, of the we know today is amazing. It's stunning to be pessimistic about us because in the future we'll know
1: more. Not pessimistic, but more humble. No, there's the, the, no reason
0: this. to be humble. I mean, I, I, I really think humility is a vice, not a virtue. What's there to be humble about? Love Look at space. life.
3: This yeah. is amazing. No, we should no, I, be- we, But the word humble has different no, meanings. No, I, I know, I know. Okay.
0: I was going to get I was going to get I mean, humility in a sense of,
2: uh, you know, humility in a sense of of, um, not a. Pre- i ain't going to spoil it all, but I think at that point um, he, he comes back and he kind of redeems himself uh, as far as Yarnbrook does about making that. Cause I think there's um, you know, greed is good type of concept uh, that you would maybe have from wall street, but then he can't quite go down the right, the road that I think that, it's uh sensible which malice uh ends up pointing out um let's do two quick ones here uh ben shapiro yeah. and let's Jordan. go back to Take the island
1: wish.
0: we're on island again
1: <laughs> we're back to the island and uh let's let's go to the island let's let's uh i live on but, an island so let everything is an island in some context like earth is an island this universe is an island in a multiverse um there's no this
0: multiverses. One. There's only one universe.
1: All right, so <laughs> so let's invite Jordan Peterson to this island. You wish.
3: <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> <It's
1: a bit. laughs> Hold on
3: a sec. Hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? Lex. Lex Friedman? Look him up.
0: Lex
1: who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Lex
0: who Lex has no, I know. as big of a following almost as, no, as Jordan
1: does. I I He's I, getting... I know I know Jordan. I know his family actually through um. So Jim Keller, who's his relative, he's an engineer. So, uh, and I just talked to Sam, uh, who is perhaps a little bit aligned in some sense on your perspective on religion and so on. So let me ask: Is there religion?
0: Some, yes, but, but uh,
1: other things. Sam, no. Sam Harris. Sam Harris, yeah. Sam Harris. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Sam Harris. Name dropping. He's on first name relations Look with at this these
3: guys. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. I just talked to Sam.
1: <laughs> I you, thought.
2: <laughs> let's go to uh, the Ben Shapiro one.
1: So... There's a really interesting idea of uh, bringing your emotion in line with your thinking, with your reasoning. Mm-hmm. So, Ben Shapiro famously has this saying How do you like that transition, Michael? You gave me props. I uh, know you. Not, do. He's
3: not Ben, it's Ben Shapiro.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Someone is not taking your calls.
1: Benny. Benny.
3: <laughs> I guess it's the daily don't take the caller.
1: <laughs> ba- back to the island with the murder. I think we know. Murder who, Island. We would know who would be committing the murder. Um. I have the suit for it. Uh, so he has the saying of uh, uh, facts don't care about your feelings, mm-hmm. and that always uh, I, I've always felt um, badly about that statement somehow, like it was incomplete. Uh, so it's interesting to uh, that you mentioned bringing your emotions in line with your thinking. Like, what do you think about that statement? Wait, is
3: I, it- I got this one. What <laughs> what Ben is doing,
1: Ben, Ben, mm-hmm. what he's doing in a, a,
3: a loose way is attacking Kantianism. Because Kant, there's this. It's it's almost impossible for Westerners who aren't schooled in this to understand the idea of philosophical idealism because it sounds so crazy mm-hmm. that you're like these great minds of all time can't really be saying this. I must be missing something. So the idea of phil- when we hear idealism, we think John F. Kennedy, right? Is yep. an example. You 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 aspire things. You think life can be better than it is. That's not what it means in a philosophical sense. In philosophical idealism, it means ideas are more real than reality, that I have this idea, then this comes along, it's the reality that isn't re- correct. My idea is still correct. A good example of this that you see all the time on the internet is when they refer to Mitt Romney and John McCain as rhinos, Republicans <laughs> in name only. And it's like, what is who is more a real Republican? The nominee of the party, the senator, the governor of the party, or some person in your mind who has never existed and there's no
2: evidence for them existing? So what- Okay, Malice is just a genius, and that's, uh, that's I hadn't thought about it in that way before, but um, he's absolutely right, and it's maybe disappointing because uh, I like to talk about people as rhinos or law <laughs> or whatnot. Uh, we'll finish off a few here things. Once again, uh, the anarchy debate is probably an hour long, and I think that's the bet. They go over authoritarianism, the difference between communism and fascism. There's a little bit of a debate there. I think um, I, uh, Euron Brook is actually right where he's like, these two are just equally bad uh, there's an issue with selfishness. You know, that's a that's a thing that's kind of seminal in the objectivist and the Ayn Rand point of view. And maybe the idea is call it something else than selfishness, because maybe that's got a bad, bad ring to it. Uh, what's another one? Why Ayn Rand is controversial? Um Favorite character of Ayn Rand, uh, in Atlas Shrugged and then advice for young people, does love require sacrifice? We'll hit that one and then be
1: what, um Maybe you could speak to love and relationship in your own life, but in general, if we look at Atlas Shrugged, if we look at Fountainhead, and maybe this is going to become a therapy session for Lex, but also just looking at your own life adv- in a form of advice, sure. how can you be a uh, Auroric Reardon type character and do it? live your life to the fullest in in creating the most amazing things that you're able to create, and yet have others in your life that you give yourself to in terms of loving them fully and having a family, having kids, but just even just the love of your life kind of thing, Um, how do you balance those things together? Like, Is there any anything to say? The- can, I'll
3: say one thing because then I'll defer to your own because he's the one who's married here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a balance. I think they complement each other and feed off each other. So it's like, how do you balance having shoes and pants? It's like, <laughs> no, you want both. You you want it all. and And having Absolutely. a great partner who thinks you're a badass, and then sometimes they're on the stage, and you're like, "Oh my, I'm married to a badass." That's yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. Am, I, am I wrong? No, absolutely. It
0: feeds off of each other. It's it's synergistic. It's completely synergetic. The, the problem that people have, I think, that, where they get into challenges is when they view them as opposites, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Work or family. Well, if you don't work, the family you can't fund, if, finance the family. But more than that, who? Why is your love gonna? Why is your wife gonna love you? Right? What are the virtues that you're you're bringing? If you don't maximize your own potential, if you don't live the best life that you can live, what is it to love? And if she doesn't do the same thing, why do you love her? So so you don't get this conflict between work and you know how do I have a balanced life? Of course you have a balanced life. You balance it based on your values, and it's never going to be the same. The balance is you know the the time you spend at work and uh, with family when you're young or when you have little kids or when they're grown up is all going to be different. It's going to depend on your priorities
1: at the point, but it's all going to feed off of each other. So maybe another word outside of balance is sacrifice. Oh, Do you think oh, relationship we'll that. involves sacrifice, to sacrifice to an or You know what he's doing? I know. He, I think he, he's, is he's he trolling you. He's is he a troll. Trolling he's he a big God, troll. Is Lex is the Never, <laughs> biggest troll on Twitter. Ever. Well, ever. Sunglasses, ever. Ever sacrifice. Know. Deal with it. Never sacrifice. But, but sac- see,
0: so, he means so, sacrifice in the context. I know. So I'm
3: going to define Yeah, yeah. Okay. So sacrifice in my world. Can I say one thing before we get sidebar? Rand there, Rand had a good example of what you're talking about balance. So she was married to this guy, Frank O'Connor. He was not a cerebral, he was not intellectual. That's fine. She was in love with him. And I met someone who had been friends with Rand. And a lot of times she'd have these conversations with her acolytes till like four in the morning about the most cerebral topics. And I said, and he would always bring them food. He'd stay up and yeah. kind of sit there in a corner. And I go, when this was happening, was he sitting there like, oh, God, here goes crazy old Ayn and I just got to be bored? And they go, absolutely not. He was, rib- he was so proud of her. He was so excited. In fact, when she got a lot of money from, I think, selling uh, Red Pawn, which was her screenplay, which never produced, he told her, you can buy any kind of fur coat as long as it's mink. He would. He's like, you earned this? Celebrate it. So that was a good example. And that's a good relationship. Absolutely.
2: All right, and we're going to stop it there. Look, wonderful podcast. I hope hope you kind of got a sense of what went on there and the, the conversations. Uh, Dave Smith, Liberty Man, hitting it out of the park on Joe Rogan, as he always does, but this time being very succinct, uh, saying he's running for president. Maybe be out there and supporting Dave in, in this sense. Uh, Michael Malice, then going on to the, the Lex Fridman show, Being the clown that he is, but super serious, if you want to have some intellectual curiosity, and you want to talk about philosophy, this is a great episode. Lex just kind of sits back, directs it, does a little trolling himself, but in the overall scheme of things, this was a brilliant uh, four and a half hours. It went by much quicker than I expected. Thanks, everybody. Between, uh, this is the Libertarian Podcast Review, episode 12. Next week, I'm not sure what we're going to do. I think I'm going to do something on red flag, law, flag <laughs> laws and qualified immunity. Everybody, take care.